Am I judging the Word of God from the light of this modern 21st century culture? Or I'm letting the Word of God judge me yeah. as I read the Scripture. Hello and welcome to Candid, where we never settle for less than the truth. I'm your host, Jonathan Youssef. Each week, we'll tackle tough issues, answer your hard questions, and take a candid look at the Christian faith. Have you ever picked up the Bible and wondered, how can I truly dive deep into its wisdom and gain a deeper connection? Well, today, I have some exciting news for all of you. Our very own Dr. Michael Youssef is releasing a groundbreaking new book, one that promises to shift paradigms and transform the way you engage with God's Word. The book is How to Read the Bible as If Your Life Depends on It. It isn't just another guide, it's a labor of love. With five decades of experience in preaching and studying God's Word, Dad calls this book, and I quote, the culmination of a lifetime of proclaiming the uncompromised truth of God's Word and the fulfillment of a lifelong dream. Now, just let that sink in. Imagine a guide where you can rediscover the awe-inspiring narrative of the Bible, learn its reliability, uncover its consistent gospel message, avoid common pitfalls of Bible study, and experience an intimate connection with its divine author. This isn't just another book on your shelf. This will be your Bible study companion, your guide that will deepen your love and understanding of God's enduring word. So whether you're a seasoned theologian or someone just beginning your spiritual journey, How to Read the Bible promises insights that will stay with you for a lifetime. Stay with us as we delve deeper into what makes this book truly unique and hear from Dr. Youssef himself on the passion and dedication behind every page. Well, we are here and we are bringing back a very special guest, my father, Dr. Michael Youssef, who's written his 52nd book. Is that correct? About right. Yes. 52nd book. Unbelievable. (laughs) I'm working on one. Um, Well, today we're talking about your book, How to Read the Bible as If Your Life Depends on It. This is probably the most unique book you've written. Yes. Um, Tell us about what sets this book apart from everything else you've written. Sure. You know, even before I get there, I mean, uh, you know, having lived with me (laughs) for all these years, that there are some books that I have written has taken me weeks. Yeah. There are some books I've taken months. Right. There are some books that have taken a year or two or three. But this book, I tell people, has taken me 50 plus years to write. Yeah. In the sense that I'm not writing, you know, two words every day. Right. But it basically is a distillation of everything I taught and preached and lived uh, in my life, my understanding of the Bible. And what really motivated me to get on and write it is all the statistics. And Mm. you're good at that, you know, your numbers. But when I start reading, not just one or two or three statistics, but all (laughs) statistics are coming very bismal about the believers not reading the Bible. Yeah. 10% of believers I read read the Bible every day. Right. 10% of believers. I'm going to talk yeah. about population. And 5% are lying. 
<laughs> oh, God, forgive them. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's okay. But, and then 18% read it once a week. Yeah. So when you think about this, and people always are saying, oh, we got this problem and this problem and that problem. No, the problem is in the church. Yeah. The problem is the biblical illiteracy that will make people, when they hear something new, they're not able to judge it or measure it by the canon or the measuring rod. That's yes. what the canon means. Right. The measuring rod of the Word of God. And so that is why we're in the trouble we're in, morally, spiritually, in education, in every aspect, because of the believers not reading the Bible, not understanding the incredible treasure that God has given us. And that's why I came to the conclusion that I have to write this thing that has taken me a lifetime to accumulate and understand and comprehend. Okay, so what is the main point. Sure. So it's how to read the Bible as if your life depends on it. Yeah, and uh, the answer would be because it does. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> because my eternal life depends on my relationship with Jesus. How my relationship with Jesus can only be comprehended and uh, become reality by reading and understanding what God did in history, what yeah. God did for me on the cross and so on. But also the other thing that have really caused me to go on my knees and beg people to not listen to some of the false teachers who are basically teaching. And these are evangelical pastors. Yeah. They're saying the Old Testament is so hard to understand, it's so hard to accept, and therefore we need to get unhitched from it. Unhitched from the Old Testament is like saying, you know, this building foundation is really not necessary. Let's just bomb it, and yeah. then and the building will not stand. Yeah, the New Testament doesn't make sense without the Old Testament. Exactly. Yeah. And I pray to God, and I have been praying for years, but I'm praying now that everyone who will read that book begin to realize that this is one book. Yeah. It's not two books. It's one book. Yeah. It's like uh, some old theologians years ago said, the Old Testament is like a house but doesn't have a roof. The New Testament is the roof. Yeah. And together, the house makes sense. Yeah. Without Act 1, Act 2, it do not make sense. It's or, incomplete, yeah, yes. Yeah. And so, the Old Testament basically pronouncing and announcing Jesus is coming, the New Testament yeah. said he's here. Yeah. You've talked about what drove you to yeah. want to do it is the statistics. Right. But when did the light come on for you in terms of sure. seeing yeah. not just the unity, but yeah. and we'll talk about the structure and the framework in right. terms of kingdoms and covenants yeah. and things, but when did that picture come alive for you? Uh, it's my first year in seminary, Moe College in Sydney, first mm-hmm. year where a wonderful New Testament scholar basically taught this stuff, and I'm sitting there. I've been a Christian for a number of years. I have heard hundreds of sermons in my life, and most of the preaching I heard were grabbing a text from here and run with it and grabbing a text from there. And so I knew a lot, but I did not really understand the whole picture. Cohesiveness, Yeah. yeah. And so, for the first time, I'm sitting there, like uh, drinking from a fire hydrant, and thinking, do all the people know this? Everybody understand this? And in the end, I thought, oh, they must know what I don't know. But now, I've come to the conclusion they don't. People don't know, yeah. Yes, and therefore, it's a very sad thing, uh, very sorrowful thing for the church and for the believers, the true believers, to see the church of Jesus Christ not in love with him and his love letter that he sent to us. Yeah. 
And so that's really something that I said, I've got to do it. You know, I don't know how long I've got in mm-hmm. life, but mm-hmm. whatever. Before I, uh, I I get old and decrepit and not able to write, I, I want to yeah. get that book out. Yeah, yeah. Um, We've had Nancy Guthrie on uh-huh. the podcast, and she does a lecture for women on biblical theology, which uh-huh. is sort of somewhat of the structure yeah. of what you're doing. Exactly. And she said that women would come up to her in tears and say, I've been teaching the Bible for wow. years, and wow. I never saw the themes that run through oh all my. of Scripture. And they're, they're weeping, you oh know, my. because – they feel like they've been missing out on this thing. Yeah. But and they but, are. But, they are missing out. And that's true. But at the same time, it's not something that is shameful, right? No. It's not like you, you, we should be ashamed of that, but yeah. take it for what it is. Yeah. Now you've think, been given this. Yeah, I don't think this won't be ashamed. I think they probably regretting missing yeah. out on all yeah. those and, treasures. And being able to teach, yeah. Yeah. not only for themselves, but to others. share that with others. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. Okay, so... Part two of your book, the yeah. second section, is called Rightly Handling the Word of God. Right. We have seen that abused, as yeah. you've just started to illustrate in terms of Old yeah. and New Covenant. Yeah. Um, what are some of the other mishandlings of Scripture that you're seeing in our world today mm-hmm. that come from having a a faulty foundation or a poorly built home on on understanding the word. Well, if the foundation is being destroyed, even the psalmist said that. What yeah. can the righteous do? Yeah. And that is why not handling the word of God accurately. There are some people who rely on their ability to communicate. Yeah. And you preached on this, and therefore they don't even go to the Bible. Occasionally, might refer to it. It's their own thinking or yeah. strategy. Or, or they might have been influenced by some liberal theologian. And yeah. even in the evangelical church, you know, people yeah. are, you know, being influenced by people like N.T. Wright, who is half right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's got some problems with the Bible. And there are many pastors listening to you right now, to your podcast, mm-hmm. and have probably been influenced by some of that thinking. And they think, well, this is how to be relevant to the culture. Yeah. They can be more relevant to the culture than taking that word of God and applying it. And therefore, it is a very distressing situation and, yeah. and it's when it happens in pulpits. Yeah. Well, and it, and it takes right interpretation. So, in your book, you tell the story, I think, at the beginning of part two of the, the Ethiopian king who said, well, we're supposed to feed on the Word of God, and so he was eating pages of the Scripture <laughs> right. as if by osmosis yes. it was going to yeah. heal him from sure. his illnesses. Yes. I mean, so it's, there's... Superstition. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're yeah. talking about 1,600 years yeah. over time period, things in Genesis will be interpreted differently than the way you would interpret something that takes place in Romans or, yes. you know, and even genres of Scripture. Sure. So it takes someone having training yes. to some degree to be able to... Discover that. Is yeah. this book sort of a, a manual, a tool to help people have it, a little bit of that? It is absolutely yeah. okay. a tool and a manual. It is exactly what it is. And you put your finger on it. Because without understanding in context, rightly handing the word of God, meaning you put it in context. Right. For example, Jesus said, if your eye caused you to stumble, right. pluck it out. Yeah. Now, I haven't seen too many plucked eyes people walking yeah, around of your hand I'm sure somebody's done it stumble. <laughs> yes yeah. and and you see sometimes in these superstitious people they have the bible under their pillar or they hang it mm. in the car 
because they think just having it there is going to like magically, luck charm yeah, something. good luck charm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all uh, <laughs> absolutely false. So, so yeah. you've got to understand the context. Why, you know, the hyperbole, for example, like I just shared. Yeah. In Hebrew language, you've got to understand that in their thinking, and that's why the, I explain these things in the book. When somebody says to me, how can there be infallible word of God? And when you have this and you have that and you have the other thing, I said, yeah, the Bible yeah. is showing you the warts of men. Yeah. And they're not hiding them or covering them. Right. And so you see that it doesn't mean that those words are infallible, but it is infallible word of God revelation. Yeah. And therefore you have to understand it in its context. Yeah. And Jesus is saying, Entering the kingdom of God is so important that it doesn't matter what it costs you, even if it's your arm or your eye or your leg. Mm. But it doesn't mean to go and chop my hand or chop, you know. Right. But that's the importance of it. And to go on and on and on. I mean, I could actually have written a lot of stories, sure. illustrations from things I've seen growing up in the Middle East where people kind of treat the Bible as a magic book, but without reading it. They don't know what's inside it. I think it's very, very important to understand the Word of God in its context. But that's why I'm showing the theme, the same theme, run through the Bible. But then the the ups and downs of that same theme as it applied to human life. And it's an accessible book. It's not a high academic book where, you know, you're having to bring a dictionary alongside (laughs) you. It's for the layperson. It's for... Someone who hosts a Bible study or teach, I mean, but it could also be for the pastor of a church or the or theologians, right? I mean, I have sent the manuscript to some theologians and they were just ecstatic. And one guy says, "You know, I'm so glad you bring these things out of the womb." He said, "Many theologians take us into a womb and it's so dark and we can't see our way out." He said, "You you bring it out." Another guy said, "You know what I love about you is that you you bring the cookie jar all the way to the lower shelf so yeah. the kids can reach." I think a tenth grader, or a ninth grader, eleventh grader can read this book and will really be blessed by it. But at the same time, some theologian who may have yeah. been influenced the wrong way and begin to read this, mm. and they said, "Ah, oh, now I." can see. Now I understand it. So it's for everybody, but I'm simplifying it enough so that everybody can read it, everybody can understand it. And having right understanding of Scripture really helps us see and understand the situations that we're in, right? You can look at stories from the Old Testament and then look at our day today and Mm -hmm. say, well, this makes total sense, actually, yeah. that man is choosing his own way. You know, when you think of judges, you yep. know, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Right. Um, God's calling his people to a, a particular, you know, being part of a church community and, and, and being in fellowship with one another, gathered around the open word yeah. of God that's teaching and instructing their hearts and actually gives us a almost like glasses in yeah. which to see the world around us. Yes, yes. But if you're... You know, if your glasses have the wrong prescription or you're, you know, you're going to miss, you're going to misinterpret the things that are happening in the culture around us. We see a lot of Western churches that tend to do what you talked about a little bit earlier, which is you take a verse Mm. and you pull it out of its context and you make it fit within the culture of the day. Mm. What could be the consequences of that continuing on within churches? Well, I'm from the Middle East, and you know, I tell stories and I tell, give illustrations. It would be like a hungry person. Mm-hmm. 
And unbeknown to him, what he's eating is sawdust that was mixed with a little bit of flavor. And, mm. and you, you're going to mm. live on that sawdust. It's, yeah. it's mixed. So you, you, it's got a little bit of flavor in it, and, and you don't know what yeah. it is. So yeah. you eat it. But what's going to happen when you keep on eating that? Eventually you're going to die mm. because there's no nutrition. Yeah. It has no nutritional value, so yeah. your body is going to collapse. And so these people who are on a steady diet of this false teaching mm-hmm. or this kind of mm-hmm. non-biblical uh, foundational teaching, eventually, and we're mm. seeing it now. Of course, you and I are seeing that, Jonathan, we're people, even in ministry yeah. and in musicians and pastors, they're turning their back on the faith and they say, well, I don't believe anymore. That's because they've never believed to begin with. Yeah. They have been eating sawdust for all these years thinking it's food yeah. and it's not. And therefore, they become emaciated and now yeah. you know, they're turning their back on the faith altogether. Yeah. I think there's certain sort of, um, well, I don't know if buzzwords the right terminology, but I've heard someone say like, well, does your church preach the gospel? <laughs> and I think, well, what do you mean by gospel? Because yeah. you know, exactly. your gospel might yeah. not be what... <laughs> What I think the gospel, the gospel is. of Jesus Christ, <laughs> right. yes. Well, but even even then, mm. is it a right handling of the interpretation of what the gospel right. teaches and proclaims? Yes. And I think we can uh, we get that wrong. You know. So just coming back again to culture, mm. you mention in the book how people today accuse Scripture of being patriarchal, yes. sexist, white supremacist, oppressive, corrupt. Right. Um, now, obviously, sure. You can look at the church around the world and say, yeah. how could that be? Yeah. Um, how would you respond to those attacks coming onto the Word of God in that capacity? Well, because these very people who say that, they want to see the Bible yeah. from the prism of the culture rather than see the culture yeah. through the prism of the Word of God. Yeah. They're looking so at good. the wrong end of the binoculars. Right, yes. Right. <laughs> you know what's yeah. happening when you turn the binoculars yeah. around? It's inverse. And, yeah, and you yeah. look around and, and you, you, you know, can't see it. And yeah. so you say these things because mm-hmm. that's what culture told you. Yeah. How do you know about this unless culture has told you? Right. And so you, you go back and you say, what is the historical context? Why this has happened the way it happened yeah. in that time period? Mm. And what can we learn from yeah. it? What is it saying to us today it, versus it, what do I think about what that said? Sure. So who's the interpreter of yeah. this? Is well, it me, who, my authority, or who, is the authority the word exactly to me? Who's judging whom? Right. Yeah. Am I judging the word of God from right. the light of this modern 21st century culture? Or I'm letting the word of God judge me yeah. as I read the scripture. So I think that's important. See, these people who sit in judgment on the word of God... I don't think they're believers yeah. to begin with. Yeah. They are professing Christians because they go to church you know, once a month or whatever. But a true born-again, heart-regenerated for Christ, a person want to know, okay, tell me how I can learn this. Tell me how I can yeah. understand this. Yeah. Tell me. And therefore, I've had people, brand new Christians in mm-hmm. the last 30, 80 years of the church history, our Jewish history. I've had people come to Christ, and they were so hungry for the Word of God, they were grabbing for everything. Mm. And I would help walk them through. Mm. And that's really what is needed. But 
The person who sits in judgment, ah, you know, the word of God is this, or the Old yeah. Testament is that. And, Pick and choose. Yeah. yeah, and I tell people, you know, for those who say, oh, the Old Testament God is a God of vengeance. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. right. But the God of the New Testament Jesus is <laughs> a God of love. They haven't read Revelation, at least, well, I would assume. <laughs> not, <laughs> not only that, but the Old Testament. Mercy How many times? Mercy. I get sometimes I chuckle every morning. I sit there early hours reading my Bible, and we're going through the Old Testament. And I have to chuckle sometimes, and I'll stop, and I'll pray. Right. I said, Lord, amazing mercy, amazing long-suffering. 300-plus years yeah. he's been saying to Israel, turn, 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 turn from idols, yeah. from Jeremiah to Isaiah to all the prophets, uh, yeah. your minor prophets. I mean, come. Even to individuals. How much patient mercy. With Abraham, patient with Moses. Amazing, patient, yeah. patient God. And so... It's the same God of mercy and grace and yeah. justice of the Old Testament. We have one God in three persons. Yeah, it's just a fuller revelation in the new unfolding. Covenant. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. So obviously, there's some big themes that come through. You're looking at covenants and kingdom of God and yes. uh, warring kingdoms, yeah. the kingdom of this earth. Right. But then, as it comes to scripture, is you do sort of a paragraph on each. Yes, I, each scripture, book. each sixty-six of yeah. the sixty-six. Even Abadiah gets a. Gets a paragraph. Gets a, gets a shout the out. The shortest book of the Bible. I mean, the one, one chapter. Yeah. But it gets uh, mentioned to show that the theme yeah. runs through the Scripture. The yeah. kingdom of God theme yeah. is regardless of what period of time, That's right. who wrote it, well, what was happening. Yeah. That same theme continues. Well, and it's like Paul says in Timothy, you know, all, all scriptures, God breathed them beneficial. Absolutely. So you, you didn't want to leave on anyone out, and I'm glad you didn't. Yeah. Um, anything that you're sort of studying right now, Old Testament, New Testament, you know, that's just sort of uh, been serving you well, encouraging you, equipping you, right? We're always students. We're always learning. Sure. As you know, Jonathan, I read the Bible in the daily chronological Bible, and the reason I do this, I've done this for 30-plus years. Is because I need discipline in my life. And if I don't have this January 1 to December 31st, I will miss or I, one day here and one day there or I do this. Or I, but having that is disciplining me. So I am now into the whole Bible mm. for one year. Yeah. And I go through it chronologically, historically. And I found that this is truly continuously feeding, encouraging, uplifting, even in the tough times. I must admit, and I have to confess, and, and uh, you know, when I get to Job, I groan, and I've done that every year. But then, you know, every year as I read Job, I learn something new, mm. and I learn something about the character of God that I might not, I've missed. Mm. The previous years. Mm. And in fact, every book of the Bible, every, time, every year I read it, I write things on the side and I write the date. Oh, wow. You know, this is kind of was revealed to me in 2004. Yeah. And so when I go back and read, I said, I remembered when I wrote this down wow. because here's what I learned because yeah. I had not learned before. Yeah. And so I have all kinds of my, I've been through one already that's falling apart. So I'm now in my second one that's falling apart. So just studying the whole Word of God, mm. the whole Bible, mm. and not running off in tangent, yeah. because I have seen that, I have done that personally. Yeah. When I asked to preach, I'll take a verse and, and just make a mess of it, yeah. until I learned what the whole counsel of God is all about. Yeah, And it's neat in those little... Writing in the margins of your Bible are yeah. little evidences of the illuminating yeah. work of the Spirit. Well, Jonathan, your audience probably 
would be curious to know this, that I've written on the side of my Bible in the notes, times in your life and in your siblings' lives mm. when you're going through some challenging times, and I prayed, and I, I wrote those dates down, and I've literally interceded on your behalf and on behalf of other people, but mm. particularly my four children. Mm. And I have those dates there because every time I go and read the Bible, I said, I prayed for Jonathan on this mm. day for specific prayer, and God answered. Mm. I prayed for Joshua. I prayed for Sarah. I prayed for, Nath- I prayed for my grandchildren, and I'll write those down on the side. Mm. So as I go back to reading the Scripture yeah. one more year, I'm reminded of the yeah. mercy of God, yeah. and what an amazing mm. God who answers prayers. Yeah, faithful. Yeah. Wow. I need a copy of that. <laughs> well... The book is How to Read the Bible as if your life depends on it, because it does. And, Dad, we're always so grateful to have you in the studio. Thank you, Jonathan. And have such helpful conversation. Please order your copy. We'll have links in the show notes. And thank you so much for taking the time in your busy schedule. Thank you so much. God bless. Candid is a podcast from Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Don't forget to connect with our social media pages on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And subscribe to Candid Conversations on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. While there, please leave a review. It does help people find us. As always, thank you for listening to and sharing this episode. 